Another big news day. TCU lands offensive lineman Samir Camacho from Cy Falls High School. Uh, new defense coordinator Andy Avalos is on the recruiting trail. And Imani Bailey declaring for the NFL draft. Congratulations to him. What does that mean for the running back room moving forward? We'll talk all about all about that and more next here on Lockdown Horn Frogs, your team every day. You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. That's right, Locked On Horn Frogs, your team every day. I'm your host, Stephen Simcox. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can also subscribe wherever it is you get your podcast in audio form. Uh, another big day on the recruiting trail late on Monday night. TC landed their fourth commitment of the day. So if you missed yesterday's episode, I encourage you to go back and look at that. But um, huge day for recruiting for TCU. Caden McFadden, a safety from Texarkana Pleasant Grove, who was originally committed to Duke, decommitted. He flips to the Frogs. He decommitted after Mike Elko uh, left Duke and went to Texas A&M. And also landed a couple guys on the transfer portal. Cade Bennett, San Diego State offensive lineman. He joins Carson Bruno, the Louisiana Tech offensive lineman, who was already on board. Uh, and then you also have Braylon James, Notre Dame wide receiver. He's coming in TCU. Uh, and he joins Nana Ofasa Minsa, the defensive lineman also from Notre Dame, who came over to the Frogs. But uh, three commits yesterday, two in the transfer portal, and then one of the high school ranks. And then I guess I should say four because Samir did make this announcement publicly late last night. So two high school players. Two transfer commits, but the, a player that I didn't mention in yesterday's show is Samir Camacho, uh, Cy Falls offensive lineman, originally was committed to Maryland, decommitted back in November uh, and, and left the Terps class and is now committed to TCU after making an official visit over the weekend. So a really successful weekend as far as getting guys on campus, uh, showing them what the school had to offer and then getting them to commit. Cade Bennett, the San Diego State offensive lineman, the transfer, he mentioned that NIL had something to do with it. He also just really loved the campus, thought he would fit in well with uh, the scheme that TCU is running with his athleticism, his ability to get up to the second level. And Camacho, um, he's a three-star player going to 247 sports. He stands at 6'4", 281 pounds. So good size, good frame. I, I watched some of his highlights um, before I started recording this, and you see the athleticism. I mean, they use him a lot as, as a pulling tackle, um, getting around the edge, getting to the second level, did that well. And pass protection looked good. Kind of sat up pretty tall. Um, so, I, you know, I assume they'll work on some technique, getting lower, trying to keep that leverage. Uh, also just footwork, keeping those feet moving. But he had a tendency to bury people early in pass sets. And what I mean by that is, you know, defensive lineman would get into his body, get into his space. And he was really good about getting his hands on him, taking him to the ground. Um, you know, he wasn't somebody that was kind of patty caking. Like it was quick, violent, and uh, kind of moving on to the next thing, looking for work. So did a nice job in those pass sets. Um, you saw the athleticism when he was asked to pull around or get to the second level. Um, seemed to have good technique when he was doing combo blocks where he would chip a defensive lineman and then get up to the linebacker and try to make something happen, get a hat on a hat. So another good pickup. And we continue to see – a real emphasis both in the high school ranks and in the portal for uh, O-line play just in general. You know, in 2023, um, they landed six O-linemen as part of that class, or excuse me, five offensive linemen as part of the 2023 class. And now in 2024, 
Uh, Samir joins Ryan Hughes, Carice Brister, Tobias Stips, Wesley Harvey, and Mitch Hodnett as offensive linemen. So five in 2023. We now have um, six in 2024 and a couple in the portal as well. And they filled in some gaps in the portal this past year. Um, you still have uh, – Willis Patrick's going to move on, but you have uh, Colton Deary who came over from Maryland and will have more eligibility. Um, so a lot of good things as they continue to try to get better um, on, up front and on the O-line. And O-line, it's a numbers game because more than any other position on the field, it's just a position that takes time to develop. Like physically you have to get to a place where you can handle a defensive lineman up front. Um, there's a huge mental aspect to it as well with understanding your responsibilities, working well with your, your fellow O-linemen trying to make things happen up front. Um, and, and so I feel like the, the idea of let's take on a lot of guys and young talented players and let's just see uh, what happens, right? Like let's um, see how they do and see who kind of comes out as a leader when it all gets said and done. I like the idea of that. And it seems like TCU is trying to move forward with that uh, as they try to, you know, get it done and make it. So Samir Camacho um, will be committing to the frogs or has committed to the frogs and should be signing here in about a week, which is super exciting as I continue to try to rebuild this O-line. Another thing about this class, they are slowly but surely uh, getting to a place where they're pretty highly rated. I mean, it's 29th according to 247 right now. And in 2023, they finished 26th. So, Maybe not quite the top 15 national championship bump that we thought could happen when things were really at their highest level um, a year ago. But the staff has done a nice job evaluating players. I mean, a lot of these guys, they were kind of in on early. That People were sort of like, why are we offering this player? Why are they committing? Uh, when you look at the rankings and sort of where it all sorted out, it seems like it's still going to be a pretty highly rated class. You combine that with what they're doing early in the process here in the transfer portal. And it seems like Sonny and the staff, have a pretty good feel and, and a good understanding of what they want to do, the type of players they're chasing after and have a, a clear and concise plan moving forward, which is what you want to see. Um, some news that came down this morning that honestly surprised me, Amani Bailey announced he's declaring for the NFL draft. I had kind of penciled in Amani be back next year. Um, he obviously had a really good season this past year. You know, I'll look at his stats right now, read them off to you. 1,209 yards and 223 carries, eight touchdowns, about five and a half yards per carry. And I was behind an offensive line that struggled to get push up front um, in blocking the run game. He had a really fast start to the season. Uh, things kind of slowed down in the middle of the year. But against Baylor in Oklahoma, I think he had two of his best games of his career. Um, was really good at making guys miss, finding the end zone, was active in the passing game. So I understand why, you know, running backs in the NFL, um, it, it's tough to have a long career. Like they're, they're getting used quickly. Um, guys will get drafted. They'll get signed. They'll get a lot of carries in a few seasons and then they'll, you know, move on to the next player. We've seen, uh, in, especially in the last few seasons, it's tougher and tougher for running backs to get long-term deals. The shelf life at that position is not super long. And Imani probably got some good feedback and decided, you know what, I'm going to make a go at this. Uh, he's got good burst, good speed, um, nice elusiveness. I think his vision is, is lacking a little bit at times. But uh, I think one thing he showed me this year, a couple of things he showed me this year that I wouldn't have said before the season 
One is he's pretty tough to get to the ground. I mean, it's not just the ability to get to the second level and have an explosive run. Um, it's getting those gritty yards, right? Like three yards on first down when there's not much there. Um, finding a way to, to pick through the offense and find a little crease and get five or six yards that don't look possible. That's in a lot of ways what separates running backs and makes them either good or great. And Amani's shown that. And also he just became a really complete back. I mean, he became a three-down running back. His, his pass protection improved a lot. His ability to pick up blitzes, to recognize where pressure was coming from, you know, step across the formation, get in somebody's face, allow Josh Hoover or Chandler Morris to make a throw, um, was active in the screen game, was active catching the ball in the backfield. So I, I feel like he's shown a lot of the qualities that um, could make him a good NFL back. He just felt, in my mind, like somebody who could come back next year and if he had a big season, uh, could really up his stock. But, again, it's, it's tough at that position specifically to pop and just blow people away. And so maybe he thought he had done all he could. And um, he had a really great year. He had over 1,000 yards. He had 1,200 yards rushing, was active in the receiving game as well, and showed a lot of the qualities that you want in an NFL running back. Uh, it, what does it mean for this running back room? Um, well, it'll be intriguing to see kind of what TCU does now. You know, Cam Cook is a young guy that I really like, but he didn't have a lot of carries last year. Trey Sanders, I feel like, is a good short yardage back, a good situational running back. I don't think he's going to be somebody that gets 15 to 20 carries a game. Maybe he'll continue to get healthier over the offseason. I don't know. I'm not going to put it past him. He's made an incredible recovery so far. He just wasn't as involved in the running game as I expected him to be this past season. Now, I do think – um, you know, especially short yardage, red zone situations, he could help this team out. And I feel uh, like they underutilized him in those scenarios this past year. And then behind him, I mean, you have uh, Corey Wren and Trent Battle. I really like Trent Battle, but it feels like he's just kind of a, a third down back. Somebody they like to put in the slot sometimes, catch the ball backfield. Um, and Corey Wren, similar type of player. And then you have – uh, two freshmen coming in and Nate Palmer and Jeremy Payne that I, I think are talented players. But, again, true freshmen, it's hard to know exactly what to count on and what can be expected from them. I, I feel like we'll see how much this coaching staff trust Cam Cook and just what they think about him um, over the next few weeks, depending on what they do in the portal. Because I, I feel like it would be smart to go get a vet running back. Now, a veteran running back doesn't have to be your starter necessarily – but just somebody who can either be a change of pace back, somebody who's good in the locker room, will be good in that running back room, just to add, you know, a veteran presence. Um, I really like Cam Cook. I think he's talented. Just haven't seen a bunch of it or haven't seen a lot of him on the field yet. And so it's kind of hard to project um, what a, a full a full-time starter role would look like for him. Uh, so that, that surprised me, though, that Imani Bailey – is making that jump and moving on to the NFL. Best of luck to him. Hope it works out. He was a great frog. Um, you know, was uh, a factor on that team that went to the national championship game. Had an outstanding year as the number one back. Really became a leader on this football team. Um, and when Trey Sanders came in, I mean, Imani proved me wrong. Like, when Trey Sanders came in, my thought was, maybe that's your new running back. But that was Imani's job, and he took it and ran with it. And he did a fantastic job all season long. So best of luck to him as he enters the professional football world. And uh, yeah, I just think this will, these next few weeks will tell a lot about what the staff kind of 
believes in and, and thinks about Cam Cook, depending on who they bring in and what type of player they're trying to grab in the portal if they make a move there at all at that running back position. When we come back, uh, Andy Avalos is on the recruiting trail. He's already active, you know, and, and so what type of players is he going to be targeting uh, over the next few weeks and in, in the coming months? And how does the current personnel set up in his defense? We'll talk about that all and more here on Lockdown Horn Frogs, your team every day. FanDuel.com slash Lockdown. Did you guys enjoy those Monday night games last night? I didn't realize until it got underway uh, that they had dueling games. They had two Monday night games, Titans-Dolphins, uh, Giants-Packers. The Tommy DeVito uh, mania continues as the Giants upset the Packers. Titans getting upset of the Dolphins. Crazy week in the NFL. I am in a pick and pool. I went like five and eight on, on my picks. There were so many upsets. Vikings and Raiders had that crazy three nothing game. You can get in on the action at fanduel.com slash locked on. You put down a $5 money line bet. And if you hit on it, you'll get $150 up to $150 in bonus bets. They also have an app that is safe, secure, and easy to use. You can bet on money lines, props, all any option that you want at fanduel.com slash locked on or on the FanDuel app. FanDuel, they've had this deal going on all NFL season long. Make sure you uh, get in there and make it happen. FanDuel, official betting partner of the NFL and proud sponsor of the Locked On Network. So I saw a picture on Twitter yesterday, and Jeremy Clark from 247 Sports noted this as well. Uh, In-home visits are going on right now. And at this point in the process, Yes, you're still entertaining new players, right? Like Samir Camacho, TCU got a commitment from him. Caden McFadden, um, they got a commitment from the, the safety from Pleasant Grove yesterday. And so you're having official visits. You're still going after new players, but you're also trying to make sure you lock down your current players. So you've had players that have been committed to this 2024 class for a while, and this is sort of the last push of, hey, we're still good, right? Like, who's is anybody else coming along? What's happening? What's going on? Um, and so they're checking in with these guys. They're making sure everything is, is squared away because things change in recruiting up to signing day and beyond in some rare cases. And so I saw that they did an in-home visit with Ladanian Fields. And Ladanian is one of those guys I was talking about earlier, this 2024 class. There are players that it seemed like they TCU identified them early in the process. There wasn't a lot of hype around them at the time. But as the process has gone on, um, their evaluation of them has looked better and better. And so Fields is super athletic kid from Oklahoma City, uh, 6'1", 175, a corner. He's a three-star player now, according to 247 Sports. Uh, and he was not rated when TCU got his commitment. But he now has offers from teams like Kansas State and UTSA. And uh, I, I noticed yesterday, suddenly Oklahoma State comes calling, right? Like one of the in-home state schools is all of a sudden like, hey, we we like your evaluation of this guy. TCU will also throw an offer in there. And so um, they're doing their due diligence, right? And TCU hopefully is working that relationship well and continuing to stay in contact with Fields and his family. And they were there at, at that in-home visit. And I see Andy Avalos, the new TCU defense coordinator, uh, was already in there. Like He's already on the recruiting trail, which is exciting, right? And I mentioned that I think it's a good sign even in the midst of this transition, which it was a crazy weekend. You dismissed Joe Gillespie on Sunday, or at least that's when it officially became known. Hire Andy Avalos on a Monday. But you've already had a couple commitments. You had a transfer portal commit, 
and Nana Alfaso Minsa from uh, Notre Dame, the defensive lineman. You land the safety McFadden out of Texarkana Pleasant Grove. You're still trying to work with um, the players you got on the roster right now and potential high school commits. And so Andy Avalos is already out there on the recruiting trail trying to make things happen. And I was I was trying yesterday to wrap my head around, okay, current personnel on this defense, how do they fit in in this system? Because you're going to change things up. It's a 3-3-5, I guess, in name. That's the base. But it's it's a different scheme. You're going to have a lot of situations where there are four or five down linemen. Um, and what does that mean for your defensive line room, your linebackers, your safeties? One thing that has pretty become pretty clear to me and studying Avalos and his defense plays a lot of cover one and oftentimes is asking his corners to play man coverage and play on an island, which is, is which is a tough assignment. So guys like Avery Helm, I think he'll be ready for that, but that's going to be an adjustment, right? Um, Channing Canada, the Juco transfer. Does Vernon Glover emerge as somebody who could, uh, you know, be a player, young corner that hasn't really played a lot to this point, um, but is – is there on the roster? Is Ronald Lewis uh, somebody who can step up and be um, there in the depth chart? Uh, but I, I think I was talking earlier about how in the transfer portal, suddenly running back might be a priority position. Um, you could probably go add a corner or two. Uh, you might need to add some safeties. These safeties are asked to do a lot of things. They're asked to cover in space, which has not been a strength of this current TCU team in the past few seasons. They're also asked to come up and make plays in, in run support. And one position that will be new to this defense, that I really don't have a feel for who's going to play in this spot, but I've been trying to do some research and find out what exactly this position is and you know what it means. Um, there is a stud linebacker. So you have three defensive linemen. But again, you know, I said I was watching that coordinator project video the other day. Um, Sometimes he's only got one or two guys with their hand in the ground, but there's, you know, there's five people on the line of scrimmage. Maybe they're not traditional defensive linemen, but they're in a pass rush set. They're in a stand-up pass rush set. And this stud defensive line position, it's like an outside linebacker spot, but it's really defined as an edge rusher. And so uh, when he was at Oregon, um, this is how uh, Mario Cristobal, the head coach at the time, describe this position. The use of the stud linebacker in particular in this particular scheme, it's a little more of a hybrid situation. These guys are true defensive end body types. They can put their hand on the ground as well. Um, and he mentioned guys in the current roster at the time, which this was back in 2019, Kayvon Thibodeau, who was outstanding, DJ Johnson, Lamar, uh, Adrian, um, players like that. But an, a defensive end body type, so somebody that you would typically see with their hand on the ground, but also has linebacker responsibilities. So is occasionally asked to go out in the flat and cover a running back or play some zone coverage or, you know, drop back or loop around and come on a stunt or a twist or something like that. So um, I don't have a great feel for who on the roster right now fits that mold. One of the first guys that came to mind, and I, I don't know if anything would change here, but Jonathan Bax are just at the portal. I hope they get on the phone and they're like, hey, man, is there any way you would consider coming back? Because this seems like it's made for him. I mean, he is was classified as a true edge rusher um, in high school, and that's what TC recruited him as. Um, and he's 6'2", he's like 240. 
So he's got the body type of, you know, what you would like at this position. You know, Nambia Bizor, I think he's too slight. Marcel Brooks, I feel like he's way too slight. Um, one name that's been dancing about, I've seen, you know, online, I've just kind of been looking around at this, Johnny Hodges. And I don't know, it, it, that would be like, because Johnny has been an inside linebacker for his entire career to this point. So that would be a change. Um, but I will say a couple of years back, one thing I noticed about Johnny, he was pretty effective at rushing the passer. Like when they would bring him on blitzes, that was something that he was good at. Now, blitzing as a linebacker and being an edge rusher are two very different things, right? As a linebacker, you're coming from a certain angle. You're coming downhill quickly. Um, you're trying to catch an offensive lineman or a running back kind of flat-footed. You're hoping maybe you don't even get touched on your way through the line. There is a technique and an ability – in a one-on-one pass rush situation that you're not really expecting your inside linebackers to perform, right? Um, but if you're in a, a straight-up nine technique where you're on the outside shoulder of the tackle uh, or tight end or whatever the case may be, that's a little bit of a different scenario. But Hodges might be the best guy at the moment to fill that role. I hope and I would think that they're going to try to get after some players in the portal <laughs> But this is a true, like, stand-up outside linebacker position, and I'm not sure how many guys on the roster currently really fit that mold. We'll have to see as they kind of develop and grow. But I'm super excited to see what type of players um, Andy Avalos starts offering because that's going to give us a great idea of, you know, okay, does he want long-rangey corners like Joe Gillespie has? Um, what kind of What type of safeties is he looking for? both from like a, a skill perspective and just, you know, their body type, how they're built, all those things are going to uh, come to a head here in the next few weeks. And I'm stoked to see like what type of players he's targeting, especially in the portal, because those are going to be the instant impact guys that we see hopefully immediately. Uh, we'll have some audience reaction next. It's Locked on Home Frogs, your team every day. LinkedIn jobs, I tell you about them frequently. It's where you need to go if you're hiring. LinkedIn.com slash college. Post your job for free there and make sure you get the talent you need. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible in interview. That's why you need to check out LinkedIn jobs. They have the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and free. LinkedIn's not another job board. They have a vast network of over a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have this many qualified candidates. So is the fact that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and they might not have the right time or resources to hire. Um, and so they have a process that's quick, intuitive, and easy. And they've even launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even quicker and easier. LinkedIn.com slash College. Post your job for free there. LinkedIn, proud sponsor of the Lockdown Network. So yesterday's show um, was all about Andy Avalos and also some commits that TCU landed. Uh, so some thoughts from you guys. Uh, DW said, I'm fired up. I think Sonny nailed this one. Um, yeah, I think so too, man. I mean, people mentioned that I sounded excited. I was excited. You know, Joe Gillespie, uh, I was really um, – I think he was a good dude, and I was sad to see that it didn't work out. Uh, but – 
his resume coming in, great high school football coach, had had success at the G5 level. With Andy, you're talking about, a, you know, a former head coach, um, someone who was super successful in the Pac-12 as a D.C., did a nice job at Boise through the years as well. Um, he's got a really strong resume on paper. So I'm excited to see what he does. And I, I agree with you. I think Sonny nailed this. Tommy said this is a huge pickup for us. He thinks the scheme will fit the roster well. He feels like the base will be 4-3, but it'll turn more into a 3-3 three, three or 3-4. Three, he loves the flexibility and thinks he has and thinks he thinks TCU has some edge guys that will thrive being singled up. So um, I hope you're right. Yeah, I was struggling. I mean, at the other defensive end position, I think Paul Lawale could really benefit from this change. Um, I'm just kind of struggling to get the the stud linebacker spot um, wrapped around my head right now. But I do feel like there's some players that are going to really benefit from this change. And I like that there's variety. I like that there's going to be different looks. I just think that's going to be good for the defense overall. CFB fans said, we just got another commitment. We're going crazy right now. Yeah, that was Samir Camacho who I talked about earlier. Big day on the recruiting front for TCU. Um, David said, can we go after AM defensive linemen and offensive linemen? Uh, well, I'm sure they would love to, but I'm not sure that TCU has the resources to go do that. Um, I did say there was an O-lineman from Texas A&M that recently hit the portal. His name I'm blanking on right now is a tackle. And there was a graphic that showed all the different teams that had reached out to him, and TCU wasn't on there. And I was surprised by that. Now, I don't know. Like, I don't know what reached out is defined as. But uh, – I was just like, maybe we can't go get the kid, but we could at least pick up the phone and text him or call him or something. Um, but, yes, my guess would be they would just struggle with the money aspect of that situation. Vincent says, you sound excited. Are you saying this guy is more aggressive? Yes, Avalos is definitely known for bringing more pressure. He thought the offense was a bigger problem. Um, yeah, Vincent, I mean, the offense was an issue last year. I'd love to hear more of your in-depth thoughts on that. I know you mentioned many times you thought Kendall and Sonny were on the same page. Uh, red zone offense was a big issue. And I do feel like you want to play complimentary football, but Sonny's an offensive guy. So that's always got to be the unit that's kind of leading the charge for you um, in this era of TCU football. But I just feel like the defense was so bad at times that you had to make a change. And so we'll see, though. We'll see what happens um, once they get this roster to a place where they really want to. And then I was also going to mention Zoom play said he he hears he runs a three three five, but he rushes four. So, yeah, that's right. I mean, they're going to rush four or five um, frequently. David May said he expects to see guys at the portal sooner on the defensive side of the ball. I would think so. I mean, I think there's going to be some attrition. Um, I'm wondering, though, if some of it holds off until the spring and guys actually get to see and get a feel for this, uh, this scheme and what it's going to look like. And then one more thing. Uh, Doug messaged me on Twitter, and he mentioned that, you know, he was wondering if uh, Randon Fontenet and Jonathan Bax would have interest in coming back because of this defense. Well, Fontenet committed to Vandy. And I saw that Clark Lee, the head coach there, um, has apparently done a really good job getting people to donate to NIL. So supposedly they're going after folks in the portal. So that's my guess is that might have been a tampering situation. Um, I guess I really can't accuse people of that in a video like this. Uh, it, it seemed like Fontenet knew where he wanted to go, and he quickly – found Vandy and Vandy has suddenly more resources to work with. So take that for whatever you want. And then Jonathan Bax, I would love, to, I mentioned the other segment. I would love if he would show some interest back in TCU, but I don't know exactly how that would work out. Um, that'll do it for today's show as locked on Horn Frogs, your team. We do it every day.